Weencast, a ween podcast with Shane and Rory. Hey, what's up? This is Shane. And this is Rory. And this is Weencast. Hell yeah, motherfuckers. Adults only, motherfuckers. <laughs> Welcome to a new episode. Yeah, man. Dude, I'm excited to be here. <laughs> yes, me too. Me too. It is great to be here. Before we get started, we want to take a minute and remind everyone, Summer Contest. It's our third annual podcast summer contest, and we are calling this one the 2022 Weencast Summer of Lovin' Favorite Ween Album Fan Contest. Yes. It's a mouthful because Weedin' albums are a mouthful. <laughs> Because things that are mouthfuls are good. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We (laughs) want to hear about your favorite Ween album. Yes. Anything that you want to say, anything you want to tell us, but you got to talk about your favorite Ween album. You got to pick one. Yeah, tell us what your favorite Ween album is and tell us why. Yeah, you can drop us a message on anchor.fm slash weencastpodcast. And if it ends up not letting you talk too long, just drop a second message. No worries. No hurries. Or you can also send us an audio file to our email address at weencastpodcast at gmail.com. Yo. Yeah, man. Send us whatever. Send us your favorite Ween album and why. If you got a little story about buying one of them or whatever, you know, hey, man, whatever. We want to hear it. And I had mentioned in our last episode, some of your friends that may not be big ween heads it's a perfect opportunity to get them involved because i think anybody who even knows about the band probably has a favorite album so even if it's someone that hasn't listened to all the records hey man they're welcome too so get your buddies to join in totally you know if if you try to expose your significant other to ween and they maybe they ended up liking one album you know and they could say why they like that one and not the others yeah, exactly. Stuff like that happens all the time. So, you know, you don't have to be the ween encyclopedia or any or anything like that to, to join in the fun. You know, get somebody who's just a casual fan. It's all good. You know, we want to hear from those people, too. Totally. You know, and there could be, you know, there maybe an album has special meaning to you. You know, let us know. And you will win. The winner of the contest will win an actual prize. Oh, my gosh. Yes, you do. You win an actual prize. Shane, do you want to tell them about it? <laughs> Our buddies at West Brandywine Woodworks are going to make a custom-made, bugnished, emblazoned wooden wall hanger. Yes. Yeah, you know, something like that. Basically, it's a piece of wood artwork that you hang on your wall, and more or less, it is a framed, uh, emblazoned bugnish. This would be awesome for someone who's got that ween poster wall going, or like a ween poster room going. This would be fucking sick. Yeah. Totally. The Bugnish will be emblazoned into tongue and groove cedar. It's going to look beautiful. Some that beautiful sounds sexy. Cedar wood. Yeah, dude. And it's going to be surrounded by a, uh, a dark, dark stained wood that's going to surround it, like frame it. So it's almost going to look like a framed Bugnish on your wall, but it's all going to be made of wood. Pretty cool. That's awesome, man. So the, the winner that's chosen by us will win that. There's only going to be one winner. So your story might get into the episode that we're going to have, but there can only be one winner. So please, please, please get your story to us. Get your get your audio recording to us, your favorite Ween album and why. It can be only one. 
You know, it's like, so Highlander's only one. If you're talking two, you're talking Sith. But we're talking Highlander. There can be only one winner. Only one person will win this. What's up, Ween-heads? It's Travis here from West Brandywine Woodworks, and we are back again for the 2022 Weencast Summer of Lovin' Favorite Album Fan Contest. This year, we would like to offer free nationwide shipping on all kitchenware orders over $50. This includes coasters, cutting boards, utensils, and more. Along with kitchenware, we offer custom builds for almost anything you can dream up. From modern chic to rustic appeal, we've got you covered. So if you're looking to spice up your kitchen or living space with custom handcrafted high quality wooden items, let us know. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at West Brandywine Woodworks and feel free to reach out for info and estimates. Boognish lives. Let's get into the episode we want to talk about. Let's get into the show we're here to talk about. So our yes. last podcast was about the night one of the Borgata in Atlantic City. The Borgata. What are we talking about? The Borgata? <laughs> We're here to talk about night two, which was June 11th at the Borgata Event Center in Atlantic City, New Jersey. And a beautiful evening it was, dude. Yeah, man. It was a beautiful evening on the beach, dude. The the first show that both of us were at in a long time. That's true. That's true, man. Since before the pandemic, actually. That's true, because the Philly Met, you ended up not being able to make it. That's very true. Yeah. The, the last time I, I was there to see a show was the Philly Met 2019, so it was before the pandemic. Yeah, dude. Long time coming. No, it was great to see you, man. It was great to see you, for sure. It was great to actually be able to make it to something for a change. But yeah, dude, it was a, it was a beautiful day. Uh, just a little bit about what I was up to. The last episode, I talked about how my whole family went up for the weekend. So we did, we did a little bit of the boardwalk in Atlantic City with the boys. They mostly wanted to ride that tram up and down the boardwalk, so they loved that. And uh, we did a little rainforest cafe. It kind of freaked them out that it, the thunder goes off every 30 minutes and it gets all dark in there. And like, <laughs> and you, you walk them around and like disturb people's lunch because the kids want to see all like the animatronic like gorillas and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to see the rest of the restaurant. And so you're sort of like giving your kid a tour of it while like people are eating their dinner and lunch. So that's kind of cool. But yeah, we were chilling and it was a beautiful day. And uh, and I'll hand this over to you because, you know, I'm in Atlantic City chilling and I know that you uh, were getting yourself geared up to, to come on down. Yeah, man. So basically we had sort of planned that my brother Craig and I, um, Craig's been to a, a bunch of, of ween shows with us and I had asked him, you know, when this was announced, like, do you want to go? You know, I think I may have attempted to put both nights together, but it was just like, I think between both of us, we kind of agreed like, no, like, let's at least just go to Saturday. That'll be a lot easier and keep the wives happy, all that nonsense. Well, you start to be, um, it starts to get to be a little bit further away for you at this point. It's still, it's still like within your like sort of radius, but to to do like two nights and go back and forth or like whatever, it ends up being like yeah a bit much to be like, we're going to go back and forth and then you have to like deal with all the hotel and shit and like it becomes a bigger deal. You know, my brother had said something about getting a hotel room and I basically just said like, dude, don't worry about that. Like, I'll just drive us down and drive us home. But Rory's right. It is kind of like a far enough trip that like you don't want to have to do it all in one day. So... He had said, well, like, you know, should I get a hotel room? I said, dude, if you can find a room for us, great. So I went and picked him up pretty early in the afternoon, and um, we had a pretty pleasant ride down. You know, we went pretty much right through Philadelphia, and since I picked him up in and around the Reading area, it was sort of like the way we always used to go to Philadelphia. Yeah. 
I'm kind of used to being on the Lancaster side now, so I usually take the turnpike. So this was sort of like the old way, like we always used to from our hometown. Oh, down 422? Down 422, exactly. Oh, nice. So I haven't done that drive in, I couldn't even tell you how many years, dude. I mean, and that was really fun, actually. It was like, you know, an old school kind of th- time, you know, because there we are, him and I, and... You know, the way we always used to drive down to Philadelphia. So it was kind of a throwback, you know? So that was fun. Yeah, and we found our hotel fairly easily and everything. I have to say, it was not a four-star hotel, but that was <laughs> that's what made it really fun. It wasn't measured in stars. Right. You know, my brother was telling me he was looking for stuff that was far away enough from Atlantic City to just be, like, safe and clean. You know what I mean? And I understand exactly what he was saying, and this fit the bill fine. There was nothing, like, sketchy about it, about the area or anything like that. Everybody that was staying there, you could tell it was just like, all right, it's a cheap hotel, no nonsense. There was no ruckus there or anything like that. No ruckuses? There was no ruckus, no no, no rowdiness, no nothing. It wound up being really great, actually. Certainly, if you're in the wrong part of it, if you're not... Staying in a casino in Atlantic City, you may end up in one of those hourly hotels. <laughs> you got to watch out for that. No, it wasn't anything that seedy. <laughs> That's good. The seed factor. So it was totally fine. I can't remember the name of it off the off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Something like Great American or something. There was a there was two three hotels right next to it that were almost like the exact same thing, just different colors. You know, like this one's painted mm-hmm. this color and that one's painted another color. It's like, hey, whatever, man. I'm not asking any questions. It's cool. You know. Um, so once totally. we got down there, we gave you a call and we sort of just put it together like, okay, you know, we'll meet up at such and such time. My brother and I just went, grabbed something to eat quick, and then we met you in the Borgata parking lot, in the parking garage. Yeah. I don't remember exactly what time, but... We didn't get there too early. I totally, my first night experience was it was so easy to get in. It was so, there was so little crowd that, and I wasn't planning on purchasing anything. So I didn't need to like rush to the merch. So it was just like no reason to get there too early. So we got there just literally not too much before the band was supposed to start. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, dude, you know, um, the Bogata. Dude. It's a nice place. I'd never been it until the weekend. I mean, it's a nice, it's clean and nice. I mean, you know, roll some dice, you know? I think I I, th- I think I may have been there one other time just to see it on a trip to Atlantic City and just to see, like, what it looked like and stuff like that. So... Well, the last the last time I saw Ween in, in Atlantic City, it was the House of Blues. Right. In the showboat. Well, we were there in enough time at the Borgata to walk around a little bit. So we had, you know, walked around the, the casino floor, not really to like see anything or go to any of like the little shops or restaurants or anything like that. But I was pretty much just on the hunt for other ween heads and handing out the podcast stickers. So, yeah, dude, you did a pretty good job of getting rid of those stickers. <laughs> Everybody was really nice. And, you know, this is kind of one of the first times there was a lot of people I think were under the impression that I was trying to do like a sticker for sticker exchange because there was probably about 10 people or so that like I just handed them a sticker. I'm not expecting anything in return. And they'd be like, oh, cool, here, and gave me a sticker back. So I have a little, I'll take a picture of them. I have like a little mini stack of stickers 
that people gave me of just random stuff. Like one of them was um, Betty White giving the finger. Yeah, dude, that's cool. Just like cool little. There was one that has a, a Dave Chappelle and like just like why are you know why are you giving me this? But I think it's just like oh you're giving me a sticker, I'll give you one back. And it was like okay. You know, like, that's cool, man. Hey, however it rolls. Yeah. So there was a lot of people that were really nice. And everyone was, you know, that we gave stickers to said thanks. And, oh, cool. I'll check out the, the show and stuff like that. A quick shout out to, I hope I'm saying his last name right, Philip Armentrout, which I think is like Mike Armentrout from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Fucking cool dude. We got to run into him upstairs outside of the uh, the merch booth there as we were hanging out <clears throat> talking to people and, and bullshitting around. And that's one of those dudes that I've seen on like the Facebook groups and stuff for years, man. Years. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time yeah. I actually got to meet him. I, I picked him out as soon as I saw him. I was like, Phil. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> actually getting to meet Phil. So shout out to Phil, man. I hope you're listening to this. And then uh, And then we went in. And I got to see the room for the first time. Uh, Rory, you were there from the night before, and you were explaining yes. to us in the last episode that the first night there was a curtain, but this night there there was no curtain. The curtain was uh, was pulled back. So basically, it's just a big open room. I mean, <laughs> you know, the uh, the kind of thing that you, to me it was the kind of thing where you could have like a big sales conference in or so i mean it's just literally like event center i mean this didn't this wasn't just like a concert venue you could have anything in that room yes yes you could have it's an event center and so this is actually the borgata event center i believe is the name of the actual venue right not very sexy you could have a table tennis tournament there you know you could fill the whole fucking floor with table tennis tables sure Easily, you know I mean? yeah, you can do whatever you want. One other mini story, real quick. You know, we had got in the room fine and everything. Nobody gave us any sort of grief or you know patted us down too badly or anything like that. Security, I think, was very chill in my opinion. And I'm handing out the stickers, and we're just standing around talking, waiting for the show to start. And I think we got in line, or we were about to get in line for uh, you know drinks. A lady came up to me, and she was in like a uniform. I'm not exactly sure what she was supposed to be for the night, but I think she might have been some sort of like fire marshal. Yeah. Or like fire service, you know. I I don't I didn't ask her exactly, but she was definitely in like a uniform, but she was cool as hell and she was kind of easy on the eyes also. And she saw me handing out the stickers and she was like, "Hey, what is that you have there?" And I'm like, "Oh, just stickers for our podcast." And she was like, "Oh, that's cool." And she's like, "Do you know these guys?" And I said, "Well, no, I said, I, you know, I've met him over the years, but no, I'm just a fan. And she's like, oh, okay. She's like, did they play like the first Bonnaroo? And I was like, fuck yeah. And she's like, I thought so because I was in college and I went to it. Uh. And we, and we started talking about, but she's like, so I knew, she's like, I knew I recognized the name and that's why I wanted to come tonight and, and work the show. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And we were talking about Bonnaroo and just like going back and forth and whatnot. And then... Someone else had come up and needed to ask her questions about, like, you know, the night or whatever. So she had to deal with that. And then she came back and was talking to me a little bit more and said something like, yeah, you know, when I first came up to you, they had asked me to come and make sure you weren't selling stuff. And I'm like, no. I'm like, of course I'm not trying to sell anything. And they're like, yeah, because you can't. She's like, because you can't solicit anything in here. I'm like, no, I know. I would never, you know, do anything like that. I'm like, trust me, you won't have any problems from this crowd. (laughs) Everybody is chill. Don't worry about it. Like, you guys are going to have an easy night tonight. (laughs) 
<laughs> which hopefully ended up being the case. I'm pretty sure that it was, you know. <laughs> it's funny because you sort of start off, but you gave her a little bit of an Irish, like, what do you got there? Uh, yeah. <laughs> she may have been Irish. I don't know. Was she an Irish lass? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so we were in line waiting to get some drinks when the show just started. Yeah, dude, that was a long, that was a slow moving line, dude. Yeah, man. I think the by the time we actually got our drinks, it was three, four songs into it. But yeah, do you want to do the set list? Sure, I'll do the set list. I'll do you a set list. <laughs> All right, so here's your set list You fucked up. Nan, The Grobe, I Can't Put My Finger On It, Waving My Dick in the Wind, Roses Are Free, Push the Little Daisies, Oh My Dear, Falling in Love, Stay Forever, I Was Nothing, Happy Colored Marbles, Light Me Up, Piss Up a Rope, Buckingham Green, Albino Sunburn Girl, Beacon Light, Stroker Ace, Dr. Rock, Shame Maker, The Going Gets Tough from the Get-Go, I Got to Put the Hammer Down, Sorry, Charlie. Don't get too close. To my fantasy. The Blarney Stone. El Camino. Put the Coke on my dick. The Enabler. Your party. What Diener was talking about. Never squeal. With the drum solo by Claude. Someday. And then the main set ends with the mollusk. And then the encore is... It's a um, chocolate and cheese encore. The HIV song. Spinal meningitis got me down, and buenos tardes, amigo. Nice. So a, another um, big set list, you know? Yeah, long. A lot of songs. Yeah, long set list. And a long show, too. Um, all told, not including, uh, there was a couple minutes between the main set and the encore. The show was two hours and 39 minutes. Just a few minutes shorter than the night before, which I think was two, two hours and 45 Mm-hmm. So that's a long show. I mean, you know, that's not going to be like legendary, you know, like three and a half hour show or some shit. But but that's, a you know, anymore, that's definitely like a nice long show. Yeah, you're closer to three hours. I mean, you know, yeah, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. So that's great. So it's a nice long show, a, night, a long run time, a long set list. Another great show, dude. Mm-hmm. Like two nights in a row. Um you know, obviously nowadays Ween does a lot of these like two, uh, sometimes three night stands at like one show, one venue. Right. And 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 the, so the shows are all meant to like work together, like they don't repeat songs, you know, things like that. So you know, so in that sense, you know, another night of a whole bunch of rarities. There's a few rarities in this night. You know what I mean? I, I wouldn't say it's as many as the previous night, but there's a couple. Well, there's a few fewer. I want to say that I put together some numbers. There's about 13 songs that were played a hundred times or less this night. And I think there's just a few more the night before. Okay. So, but yeah, dude, you know, um, I say we start kind of going through and we're talking about it. Yeah. So the show opens up with you fucked up, which that's kind of a wild opener, dude. Yeah. Like it's not often that they do you fucked up as an opener. Like I was thinking about like, wow, man, this is interesting. And I actually looked it up and they only use it as an opener eight times. Dude, that's nuts, man. I mean, I, I can't believe it's that few. Yeah, dude. And, I, and, and to be honest, I, I guess I could have looked up and seen, did I ever see them do it as an opener before? But I don't think that I have. I may have, but it definitely stuck out to me. And like, that's really fucking cool. Well, I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit here, but you know, that that's another good example of on the, the Friday night show. We were talking about how it doesn't 
really have any rhyme or reason as to w- which songs are where. And that's a good example of yeah. that because that's definitely one back in the day would be saved for like the end of the night. Yeah, somewhat, sometime later for sure. Not an opener. Like obviously it was only eight times. Usually would be like the last song of like the main set or close yeah. to it. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so to have it be right up front is definitely pretty cool. Definitely stands out. Um, so that's a cool moment at the beginning. Yeah, of course. The, uh, you know, there was this thing where I was actually just looking it up before we started and Diener does this guitar riff right before they open. Like first off, there's a little bit of an intro where they're just sort of up there like jamming a little bit, like sort of warming up the guitar sort of thing. Yeah, making sure everything's plugged in. And um, and then he does this like right before he's about to break into it. It's like, and uh, I'm going to do it one more time. And I don't know anyone out there, if you anyone, if that's familiar to anyone. Uh, on the one hand, it occurs to me, it's a little bit like Transdermal Celebration, but it made me think it was like some kind of crazy Catholic, like a, a classic rock tune, like some kind of like, like, like a classic rock guitar riff. Yeah, like that's what he always uses to get the guitar ready. Yeah, or like sometimes does, like just sort of want to like fuck it out, like throw it out there, like it's a bullshit thing. Yeah. So I don't know if anyone knows anything about that or like what that is or if that sounded familiar to anyone. That's interesting. I thought that was kind of weird. Yeah. And it was like literally like a moment before. It, I, I don't think it, it doesn't sound like anything that should be a piece of you fucked up. There was a weird, uh, interesting thing. So can't put my finger on it. Uh, the standard can't put my finger on it has, they had like the little, the chant intro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it was a little bit like kind of short and like low on the theatrics for this show. Uh, the one thing that was interesting is there were some moments in the intro that sort of sounded a little bit like spring theme instead of can't put my finger on it. Cool. So that was kind of interesting. Like, and I can't like, you know, I, I don't have, sorry, I don't have all these like go to, I'm going to hum it, you know, <laughs> so I can't hum this one. But, um, but yeah, it was like an interesting moment in like the intro jam that was a little bit more like, or something like it was like that more so than can't put my finger on it. So that was kind of, I don't know. Cool. Man. Just little weird things I'm picking up on. Yeah. Good call out. I guess when you listen to this show like four times, actually five times now, I guess you start to pick up on weird shit. <laughs> Dude, a, a huge highlight for me uh, a little bit early in the show. Oh my dear. I must be falling in love is totally fucking awesome. Yeah, man. Seven times all time. it's interesting i have heard it before though you know i can't pull it up but like it wasn't the first time i ever heard it even though it's only played seven times so that's kind of interesting yeah i think maybe we might have heard it like one other time before this you know i probably not more than that i think i've heard it before too oh yeah yeah dude so oh my dear must be falling in love um i'd only heard twice uh and the last time and this might be the same for you man was 2004 philadelphia jam on the river okay okay so that was the last time. So that was cool. Like, um, there was no songs from this night that I had never heard before live, which the first night, June 10th at the Borgata, the Borgata, there's several, there's like three songs that were my first 
Aquison. Okay. So this night, there were none that were my first. There was a few that were my second time hearing it live. And totally, oh my dear. And that's so badass that it's like not been since 2004. Wow, yeah, that's awesome, man. Like, that's pretty cool. I'm glad they played that this night and that my brother was along because I know that's sort of one of his oh, yeah. standouts as far as like the early songs. Totally. Because back in the day, I had loaned him like my like stack of Ween CDs and he made his own Ween CDR. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he still has that. Obviously cool. has that. And that song was totally on there. Like he totally picked that out himself and put it on there as one of his favorite tracks. That's cool, dude. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. That's so cool. Yeah, dude, having Craig along, not to get back off track again about that, but like you were saying how it was like an like the um, it was an old school drive, you know, like the old way we used to go down from like the Reading area. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I know Craig's been to a couple of the Philly Met shows with us, but he's gone. He's been to shows back in the day with us. So like Craig's definitely someone who we were talking about that, weren't we last uh, at the show? Like besides you and me, like who are the people that have seen the most shows in our like friend group, you know? Uh-huh. And, and Craig's one of them. Yeah. Like, Craig's totally one of them. Did we figure out how many shows? I forget what, what we had come up with when he... But definitely a handful or more. Like, and we saw several shows of them back in the day. Yeah, I'll have to go through them and, and see if we can figure it out. Because there's some more in there we haven't gotten to in the, the old shows. There's a few more in there. So we haven't brought them all up yet. But we saw him. He was with us in Philadelphia at the Electric Factory way back in the day. Mm-hmm. He went to, I know, a show in Pittsburgh with us. So, like, it's pretty cool. He's been to a few shows. He was definitely along for the Carbondale show, which is one of the last ones we talked about, 2002. Yes, 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 yes. Sorry, I'd be remiss to not mention that one. But yeah, we just did. So check out that episode. Uh, We just put it out a few months back, but um, Carbondale, Illinois, back in 2002, just over 20 years ago, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dude, but anyway, yeah, so having Craig along was totally cool. And I didn't know that, that, so that's cool that that's a song that's like special to him. So yeah, so that was definitely like a big time highlight of the night. Yeah. You know, and it's funny because... First off, uh, Oh My Dear, uh, Aaron does a great, uh, it's a great highlight because Aaron jams out on the guitar on that. So much so that towards the end, uh, it's funny, like lately Diener just takes to like giving like, like barking out like commands on, on stage, <laughs> like in the middle of songs. And so he just goes like toward the end, he's like, I want to hear that guitar solo again. So Aaron goes in and does it again. So dude, th- this, this whole weekend in Atlantic City, Aaron was definitely hitting some high points on the guitar. So that was pretty awesome. Fuck yeah, man. As well. So so yeah, dude, a nice old school tune, very rare, very sweet. And then it's funny because going into the next tune, Diener's like, we're going to just keep playing some love songs. And it's funny. Now, this is very interesting. And this is for all the Ween fans out there. But he says something I think is very important for people to hear. Diener says, and this is before, this is between Oh My Dear and Staying for, Stay Forever, by the way. He says, we're just going to keep playing some love songs. And then he kind of says something brown. But he might be responding to people in the crowd or something. But then he says, it's not that. He says, everything's brown. It's not brown. That's right. Oh, no, not that. Everything's brown. All right, I'm, I'm deep in the thing here. And I want to say that. I'm pointing out what he said there because people talk a lot about what does brown mean. Like, I see that on Facebook. People ask, like, what does brown mean when it's talking about brown? Uh-huh. All right? And, and and this is not the moment for us to dive into it. Maybe that can be a whole episode. Oh, yeah. But, like, I just want to point out that that I feel like brown encompasses a lot more than what some people think it does. I think some people think that brown is is solely songs that are, like, 
real dirty and gritty and, you know, grungy and, you know, like... Dirty. Dirty, you know, in whatever conception. I don't think so. I think that that's not the case. And I think this is a perfect example because he says, he's like, we're going to play some love songs. He does two in a row. This is Stay Forever. And he's like saying, this is brown. We're going to play something brown. So there you go. Diener thinks that Stay Forever is brown. Fuck yeah, man. So I thought that was huge. That's pretty huge. So anyhow. I think this was the first time I had heard I Was Nothing. Well, I know that it is because I haven't seen any of the the shows since, you know, like I said, before the pandemic. And this was one that they just started playing again in the last, you know, year or so. You know, it kind of like is one of those songs where it's like, it is what it is. It's definitely a Diener song. You know, it's kind of that more like simple, just dirty. But you know what? It's hard to dislike. <laughs> How about that? Is that too harsh? It's 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 hard to not like it. I'm. It just is. You know. It's definitely jammed out, dude. Like, and it's and it's a unique jam. Like, you know, Aaron definitely isn't just phoning it in. Like, it's definitely like got its own little character to it. Yeah. And it is one of those like Diener, just like kind of raunchy, like noisy, like metal songs. You know. The lyrics are not exactly all that. Uh, thoughtful. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's not much. Yeah. You know, here's the thing, and, and, and this, take it for what it is, you know, a critique or whatever, but they play a lot of rarities at shows nowadays, which is awesome. I'm not, you know, I'm totally not complaining. But like, I will say that sometimes you notice that some of the like songs that are just sort of like, oh my God, they never played this live before. You know, like they haven't played this live in 25 years or like, oh, they've only played this 10 times. A lot of those songs, it's kind of like, if they were better songs, they would might be played more live. You know what I mean? Like, that's not meant to criticize any of these songs. Mm-hmm. But, like, if this was, like, a top shelf, like, ween tune, would it, wouldn't it be played more often? Right. Maybe. Right. No, nah, you know, I don't want to discount anything. And a song like Oh My Dear, only seven times, like, obviously, I think that's a beautiful song. And also, some of this is my style. Like, what's my style? But anyway, I just noticed that it's like... I, you know, Bumblebee from the night, from the first night. It's kind of like, uh, maybe there's a reason why it's never not played much. Well, this is essentially like a new song because I think it was something from like way, way, way back in the day, like an old, you know, outtake or B-side. I'm not, off the top of my head, I'm not exactly sure where it came from originally, but I, you know, I think it was one of those like really old ones that they like unearthed. Gotcha. So, I mean, for all... You know, for all intents and purposes, it is new. You know what I mean? So totally. it's it just only been played live the last, like, year or so. So it's kind of like we have yet to see, like, what they're really going to do with it. Is it is it is it going to be true. is it going to become like a jam out? Could be. You know what I mean? And, you know, why not? Let's sh- it should. Well, you know, I, I sort of think about, like, oh, how many songs were jammed out at each show? I don't have the number right in front of me. But this was one of the ones that I sort of considered to be uh, more of a jam, you know, and, and it's... I feel like a jam has to be more than just Diener doing a solo. Right. And to be truly a jam song. And and I feel like this song kind of kind of gets to that point. So that's cool because they don't jam out a lot of songs necessarily, especially lately, I don't feel like. And yeah, dude, it's a totally, um, you know, for me, it wasn't quite as, as big for me because I just heard it at the Philly Met. Right. You know, and so it was like, oh, I just heard it at the last show I was at, you know, like two shows ago. So yeah. a little bit different for me. But yeah, dude. Happy Colored Marbles got got a nice Glenn, Glenn Glenn shit going on. He's doing this thing in the middle, cause spacey Glenn spacey guitar, you know, jamming out a little bit. And uh, and Diener says we're going through a sequence. Happy Colored Marbles. 
There's some nice little banner going on here and there. Dude, you know, an, oh, another little highlight for me for this show, and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, a little Frenzy P. Light me up, baby. Dude, these were these were definitely a highlight of the night. I love fucking Light Me Up. And, <laughs> you know, these really haven't... Now, they've probably been here, here and there, like, over the last few years. But, I mean, I don't think I had heard these since back in that time period. So, like, 05, 06? You know, definitely before... The La Cucaracha stuff, you know, because yeah. I remember when those were new and you know, I think they were, I think, you know, Light Me Up especially was kind of like a retired, you know, it was kind of like a song that was just mm-hmm. sort of like you didn't know if that was ever going to come back. So that's definitely a standout for me for the night. Totally. No, it's a good tune, you know, and I, I'm with you. I, I want to say back in the day it would come around here and there. It's a cool one. It's a cool one. Yeah, I just remember it from when it was new. It's interesting because it's kind of one of those Diener tunes by Aaron singing it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right? Am I am I right? Am I right? Well, I would say or, that I'm, I'm sorry. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? The mo- <laughs> I th- I would say the thing that it reminds me of the most is Bananas and Blow. So it has that sort of like uh, yeah, Latin, sure. you know, Cuban kind of thing, you know. Sure, sure. But I definitely a Cuban metal mix. I definitely for sure see it as being autobiographical for Aaron. Oh, totally. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Oh man, you just rocked my soul. Yeah. <laughs> you just shook. I'm shook. Damn, dude. Because I don't think I'm ever gonna die. You know. Damn, you just took us down a road. <laughs> I always felt that way about that one. You know, it's like, that's fucking, that's Aaron talking right there, man. No, you're right. No, absolutely. That's, that's a great point. But also from that, like, I when, do you remember when the song? I, I want to say like maybe the first time that we had ever heard it was like 930 Club, like 2004, maybe. Yeah. Coming out of that time period is interesting. Yeah. When it was sort of still like invincible. <laughs> the cracks in the veneer were showing, you know? Yeah. We're, we're heading up on almost the 20th anniversary of Claude's accident. Mm-hmm. But we'll get spoiler alert. We're gonna get to that later in the summer. Yes, sir. I was doing the my my borgata that comes from this part of the show. So after uh, piss up a rope, I don't know who's saying what, but they're up there just like borgata. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> what you fucking want? What you fucking want, borgata? Yeah, with it, borgata. It's crazy. What the fuck you want? <laughs> and it's just like. It's like, there's sort of this recurring theme, just like the seediness of Atlantic City and like the Jersey, like really um, ridiculous, like Jersey accent or whatever the hell they're doing up there. But gotta, it's crazy. <laughs> that's, that was pretty good. I think it makes total sense. Yeah, that's awesome. Beacon Light. Yeah, man. Is another, I would say this is one of the big highlights for me. Dude. Diener's solo is pretty incredible. It's like three plus minutes long and he's just shredding it on this ridiculous like beacon light solo. Yeah, I love beacon light, man.
you know, I do, this is a great opportunity for me to give my ex-girlfriend Erica a shout out. <laughs> She's a listener, right? She listens to the show, right? She might be listening. So Erica, if you listen, please let me know that you heard me talking about giving you a shout out. So this is way back in the day. Erica is, is or was, is probably a huge X-Files fan. And we're talking back in the 90s. So she actually would make me watch X-Files with her. And <laughs> I got her the movie as a either a birthday or a Christmas gift. One or the other. VHS tape. And guess what? Yes, VHS. Nice. This is definitely VHS. And she had a, a little VHS TV combo that she had in her room. Cool. And um, yeah, dude. And, and of course, Beacon Light is on that soundtrack. Yeah, man. So anyway, so thank you, Erica. And that's a cool ween connection for her because i don't know that she would consider herself any anything to do with ween it's a decent movie i mean it's x-file stuff so anytime they play beacon light is a time to enjoy <laughs> i don't know i lost i wasn't sure what i was gonna say there awesome <laughs> and i've actually heard that song several times so i'm not sure from you know yeah but it's still brilliant right 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 really fun shame maker comes up and that's a pretty rare tune. Uh, and before that goes on, they have a little bit of banter. Aaron's like, this is what, ha- this is what happens after five years of therapy. And then Diener, Diener, I think there's a little bit of digs on Aaron, but Diener's like, this song's about the road less traveled. This song's about getting the love you want. What the <laughs> yes. fuck is that? <laughs> I think Diener just starts, I, I think it's a way of being like, Aaron, what the fuck? Like, who gives a shit? <laughs> You know, it's like this song. Yeah. It's like we don't go around telling telling people what each song. Yeah, is and about. it's just like, like, what the fuck is he talking about? I don't get that at all. Getting the love you want. Yeah, it's like Shane what? Maker. I don't know. I think it is a cool tune. It's it's definitely not broken out that much. But as far as the stuff from La Cucaracha, I mean, I'd say in my like top two, three. Really? Yeah, man, I like it. I mean, <laughs> I always like it. put it somewhere in the middle i mean because i got woman and man your party object those would i would put all in front of it and you know i like friends from the frenzy p better than i like it from la cucaracha yeah i'd agree with that it's a shame they don't bust that out more it's a shame they don't bust out friends more if if this night would have had the song friends in it as well like if they would have played that as well that would have been nice friends as far as what i saw in brown bass i could be wrong correct me if i'm wrong has been played live only twice yeah it's yeah I, I know it's, it's like that's I didn't I, I that blew my mind when I heard that I was like I have never heard that live what friends yeah so I don't know why they never really yeah, you know did anything with it it's a shame yeah who knows La Cucaracha tangent going gets tough from the get go that's another Craig favorite by the way oh nice go man go. he he knew that one he knew that one right away you know he's obviously not as big a, a fan as us but that's a pretty deep cut I would say if you know that shit you're 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 pretty down. <laughs> There's some good alliteration, you know, go and get the G's go and gets tough from the get go, go, man, go. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah. Very cool. I like that one. And that leads into one of my other favorite moments of the night, which is another Friends EP tune. <laughs> Diener says, he's like, some more ween karaoke, which I think is hilarious. And I got to put my the hammer down, which is just fucking great. A great uh, rarity. Yeah, man. 
Uh, I, I love that That's one as fun. well. I Yeah. I love it because uh, my friend Cassie and I invented like a hammer dance that we do to this song. We In the 2007 West Coast part of the tour, you know, I got to put the hammer down. And basically you're just gyrating back and forth. And then with that part of the song, your hands turn into hammers. Yeah, man. Yeah. And then you just got to put the hammer down, you know? Yeah. like has like a 80s video game vibe you know what dude this was i'm just looking at brown base now this was the first time i've ever seen that wow that was the first time i've ever i've never seen that before you know i i want to say i don't know exactly the last time i saw it but when i i saw three shows in a row on the west coast part of that la cucaracha tour Right. And I'm pretty sure it was played right. a couple times on that. <laughs> <laughs> Probably like two nights in a row. <laughs> well, if you think about it, that was like, you know, the year after. So right. it was like, that was a Frenzy PN La Cucaracha tour, right. sort of, you know. Right, right, right. Would make yeah. total sense. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, so I didn't even know that. I'm glad I checked that. Yeah, yeah that's a great tune. Sorry, Charlie, which we've obviously, you know, it's not like as rare as some of the other ones, but... What's that total? 88? So, still pretty rare. Dude, another huge highlight of the night, El Camino. Yeah, man. El Camino is definitely a standout. And I was wearing my El Camino shirt. I know, dude. So, it was great. Like, no, that's fun. <laughs> That's one of the funniest things of the night. So, you should tell that story. It's not really a story. My wife had gotten me for, I think it was for my birthday last year, um, a couple of ween shirts. And, uh, it's one I never really like saw. I think it came from someone on Etsy that someone uh, was making uh, ween shirts. And uh, mm-hmm. it's just this yellow shirt with a with a hot rod on it. And um, across the top, it says blazing down. Was it blazing down the road? I think. And then it at the bottom just says <laughs> El Camino. And it's just like this hot rod with a little bugnish head. Like the guy is the, you know, the little ween guy is in the uh, is in the car. And it's just like a ridiculous shirt. And um you know, it's just like I, I gotta wear my fucking El Camino uh, shirt tonight. So there was a few people that were just like, "Oh, cool shirt and whatnot." But when that song came on, there was like four or five people that just immediately like came up to us and were just like, "Yeah," you know. And I'm just like waving at everybody, just like, "Fuck yeah, man!" Yeah, dude. No, that was classic. Like people <laughs> walking by, like on the way to the bar, you know, being like, "Oh, dude, El Camino shirt." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. And going into it because I was there the night before, well, we both could see the set list, but we could see that it wasn't played. So I, had, I remember telling you earlier in the night, like there's a fair chance that we'll, we'll hear it. Right. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't guaranteed. So that was great. No, that, and, and so first off, that's like obviously a really rare tune. And, uh, and then also I think 106 times total, mm-hmm. but this was like an extra special jam because they just started basically making every verse into something to do with the, the Borgata. Yeah. In the middle of it. I, and I wrote it down, Borgata, Borgata, won't you come with me to the Borgata? <laughs> I'll eat your pussy inside the Borgata. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Borgata. Borgata. I 
And then to add on top of that ridiculousness, they're jamming out in the bridge a little bit. And Aaron kind of starts like mumbling and slurring through like White Rabbit. One pill makes you larger, <laughs> you know, sort of to the El Camino kind of thing. Yeah, I totally forgot that the the music to El Camino is essentially the same as White Rabbit. I totally forgot about yeah. that. So that's a that's a sweet fucking uh, sweet sweet fucking track. Yeah, man. Put my coke. Put the coke on my dick is another one, and this is funny because. I don't know if this was on the set list originally or not, but Diener plays it off almost like like it's spur of the moment. He's just like, I got an idea. Let's do put the coke on my dick. Right. And he's like, he's like, get in the spirit, right? Getting sleazy at the Borgata. <laughs> so they were totally just comp- always playing that up. And he's like getting sleazy and it's funny. And then Claude, of course, put my put the coke on my dick is a song where Claude sings. And so he's like front and center. And, he, and Claude's like, not only are my two kids here, but my father's here too. My missus, my son and daughter, and my dad. So it's a living. <laughs> it's awesome. Gotta, gotta sing the dirty song when it's your turn, you know. And then after that, they go to Dave for the enabler. Yeah. So that's a pretty rare track, too. Yeah, dude. Diener jokes is like we're doing a round robin. Because mm-hmm. like she's giving like all the, the uh, you know, supporting cast a chance to shine. Uh, which they do a better job of this night than they did the first night, I think. Yeah, I would say so, yeah. But yeah, the enabler's great. I love, I love it. it it's, um, it just got a nice guitar. I love the grungy guitar. That's like, mm-hmm. you know. And Dave gives a shout out to Scotty Byrne, who is the other gentleman from Instant Death. Yeah. Another huge highlight of the night is the never squeal going into Claude on the drums for an extended solo. Yeah, and man. then going back into never squeal. And you know, I I don't know if it was planned, but he's doing his drum solo, which we've seen a couple of times. You know that this uh, that he'll do uh, never squeal and then do the long drum solo. Yes, but I think what happens is one of the sticks either breaks or he drops it. So then. He winds up just throwing the other stick mm-hmm. on purpose. Like he just, you just see him throw it up in the air and then just starts doing the drums by hand. And that I don't think I've ever seen before. I think I might have seen him do the bongo style, but yeah, dude, that was awesome. Uh, the whole thing of him is about seven minutes, so he's just going to town. Yeah, man, fucking totally sick. And so you know, it's funny. He loses the stick in the middle of it. I think he just loses. It. I don't think he breaks it, but I'm not sure. Um, I guess. And yeah, dude, he just recovers by just he's like he eventually throws the other one. You know, he's just like, all right, I'm just gonna do the bongos. So that's fucking it's badass. And I actually looked it up, and so. No, and of course, always shout out to Brown Bass because we're always citing their information. The drums was done 62 times, which is rare. 
But if you look, if you dig in deeper, you realize that not all of those are drums in the middle of Never Squeal. So the drums as part of Never Squeal is actually 49 times. Okay. And then and then I actually then looked that up and discovered, dug a little deeper, that I have seen him do the drums in the middle of that three times. That was my third time. Okay. Okay. Wow, man. You're really digging deep. Dude, man, I'm digging deep, man. I'm laying it all all to bear. <laughs> well, brown bass is the shit, dude. Yeah, and like, it's great. Yeah, and I mean, I guess as far as the you know the the set list is concerned, it was sort of like the the last highlight. You know, you know, you got someday, and then they 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 bring around to the mollusk. I know that's another standout from my my brother. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's his favorite record. I think some of the songs that they played the first night he would have liked to have seen like golden eel and you know, a couple mm-hmm. of the, those mollusk tunes, but, and then the encore, as you mentioned was, you know, just all chocolate and cheese stuff, HIV songs, spinal meningitis, Buenos Tardes. A little disappointing on the encore, to be honest. Well, you know, Buenos Tardes, I mean, at least it's nice and long, you know, that's kind of one of those for us. It's like, okay, you know, been there. I, like we were saying in the beginning of the show, the, you can't argue with the length. I mean, you know, this is almost a three-hour show. Not quite as many highlights and standouts as the first night. One thing I we kind of skipped over, um, but I definitely want to mention before I forget, Blarney Stone. And that's another one where, you know, it's like, to me, I'm thinking always going to be like the last song of the night or like the last song of like the initial set or maybe even like, part of the encore, mm. you know? Yeah. But it was just thrown in there. And I, I I, don't think I've seen that one in a long time. I mean, yeah, back in the day, they would pretty much do that like every night. Yeah. But it was kind of retired there for a while. That's true. So it was good to see that make a comeback. And it wasn't even saved for the end. It was the 24th song on the list, if I'm not mistaken. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, dude, it's in the middle. It's um, yeah. 24, right before El Camino. You know, it's interesting. I would love to be able to set up, like, do, like, a graph where you can see, like, songs and how many times they were played each year. You know, kind of, like, so you could see, like, the ebbs and flows. Because it's totally like that. Like, there's songs that they'll go through periods where, like, they play it, but then they stop for a while and they come back to it. You should do it, man. Yeah, a lot of work in front of me. <laughs> yeah, dude, I mean, I'm with you. The ending, Someday, you know, there's a, there's some good jamming in Someday, and, and it's a good tune, don't get me wrong. But they play it... Uh, pretty common and same with all those the mollusk is obviously you know standard an hiv song i'm sorry it's one of my least favorite ween songs spinal meningitis yeah i feel like finishing a night that's full of rarities with like four commons is a little bit of a letdown yeah man because you know like even though uh compared to night one so we can kind of talk a little bit about comparing the two nights so the first night and when i say a rare song it's been played live a hundred times or fewer I just kind of make a decide 100. That's about 10% of the shows. So anyway, just so people know, that's kind of where I put my line. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd say that that works. Yeah. And so the first night we got 16 out of 35. And the second night we got 13 out of 35 are rare. And this is that's the, both of those numbers are astronomical. So you're talking about more than a third of the tunes from night two are rare tunes. And some of them are really rare. Like, uh, oh, my dear must be falling in love. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, wow. That's amazing. Uh, one of the things that makes this show, you know, like uh, there's a lot more commons. Yeah. You know, songs that are played pretty frequently that have been just played like almost every night for like the last 30 years for my ween. <laughs> it's like 
there's a lot more of those this night than there were. I think I counted 11 songs that were played more than 350 times. Right. And for night one, I think there's like four. So this night absolutely had more like regulars and a few less rares. It had more jamming. I feel like there was a little bit more jamming this night. And I feel like they let a few of the other guys have a little more fun because not only does, you know, Claude obviously has the solo, the drums in Never Squeal, but he also does the Stroker Ace. He does like the, or Waving My Dick in the Wind, excuse me. Mm -hmm. Waving My Dick in the Wind, you know, right? He has that like solo stuff that he does, like drum work. So, so there's a little bit more of the other guys working it tonight. Yeah, totally. Which is always nice to see. Yeah. You know, one thing I want to step back really quick, Buenos Tars Amigo to finish it. I love the song. But this was, I just felt like it was a little bit of a weak version. It was almost like, let's just get out of here a little bit. Aaron, well, lately he's been doing so much guitar work, uh, solo work and stuff, and really looking amazing on the guitar. But he did not, doesn't really do much on this song. I was expecting them to duel out a little dueling guitars. Yeah, that would have been nice. You know, like an extended bridge solo. Yeah. And they don't really do that. Aaron just kind of sits back and is content to let it be. So that was a little bit of a letdown, like I said, to kind of have the show end the way it did. Right. But it was still a great, fantastic show. You know, if I'm being honest, I would say the first night was better. So I'm sorry, Shane, because I know that you missed that one. No, 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 no. I mean, it's 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 pretty, you know, it's pretty hard to argue that, you know, this night was better than the first one. I mean, there's just too many highlights from, you know, night one. And it leads me into a broader topic. I mean, this would be a good topic for a whole episode sometime when you're talking about a two night run or a three night run not just with ween but you know i'm also a big fish fan and and a lot of bands you know what i mean there's a lot of jam bands especially who will do like two nights in a row or three nights in a row it is something to kind of like think about is like is night one always better than night two i feel like this night i don't know if suffered is the right word but like I, th- I feel like it was a little too relaxed and it got me thinking because it's like, all right, well, we know that some of the people from night two were there for both nights. So it's like, yeah, okay, you know, the energy is already going to be kind of lower because you have those people who were like, I was just here last night. Okay. Now they're going to see a completely different show, but it's just not going to have the same kind of like energy and same thing mm-hmm. with the band. Are they going to be as like, not that the band, you know, phone this night in or anything like that, but just just in general, you know, if you're talking about a night one versus a night two, you know, it's 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 almost like, well, we just did this last night with a three night run. Same same thing. It's like, which of those three is going to be like the standout? Now, when it comes to the set list. I feel like when Diener's making up the set list, I think it's mainly a Diener thing. He said a bunch of times that it's his responsibility to make the set list, okay? I feel like what he probably does, if he's doing two nights like that, is the first night will be that, okay, let's get some of those oddballs and some of those like things we haven't played in a while, da-da-da-da-da. Then I've got plenty of room on my second night or third night for my go-tos you know what i mean and those kind of like standards if you will totally and they're probably not the only band that does that you know other bands that do two three nights in a row they probably lay out the whole the the thing the same way 
It's like, okay, some of them we're going to keep in our back pocket for night two or night three. And I think that's probably why you see some more standards on like a show like this. It's night two, and it's like, okay, what didn't we play last night? Okay, we got this, 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 this. Not that this night doesn't have highlights. It absolutely does. But I think it's kind of like, you know, falls into that kind of thing a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I definitely see that that maybe there's a little less energy the second night. Maybe they're a little worn out or whatever. I totally see everything you're saying. But the set list definitely like goes into that as well. Like, But not that every show needs to just be rarities, you know? It's kind of like... no. And like no commons. I just would love to see, you know, like the problem is if you if, if the commons aren't as sharp, you know, I guess they're just not going to stand out as much. Right. But nevertheless, there's plenty of highlights. I mean, Beacon Light, El Camino, awesome. Oh, my dear. Never squeal with the drums. I mean, I got to put the hammer down. I think you said that you never saw that live before. Yeah. So, dude, yeah, plenty to think about. And, you know, we don't want to be, again, I say like critical. I don't want to be overly critical or take for granted. Because there definitely have been playing some pretty great shows, uh, great set lists since the uh, reunion, you know, and like, yeah, so hopefully that just continues. Because I mean, this show was great. You know what I mean? It was fun. I'm yeah. so glad we got to we got to go. I'm, I'm glad you got to go to both nights. You know, it was cool hanging with my brother, which we rarely get to do. Yeah, man. Get the Craigster out of his house. So it's like, I'll continue to go as, as many times as I can. You know, I did want to bring up uh, one last thing before we kind of finish up for the night mm-hmm. and that is that the uh this show is special for us because it was both of ours 40th show it just happened to work out that way yeah we were not always matched up we've been going to see ween together since 1996 but a lot of our but there's plenty of shows that i've been to you know like that shane hasn't and shane's been to that i haven't um so it's been ba- up and down up and down you know it's not like it's been lockstep right and then I just was doing the math, you know, like a few months back and realized that since I was going to both and you were just going to one, and because of the second one, it was going to be your second, uh, that we were going to hit 40th, the second night, I mean, of the two, that we were going to hit 40th on the same night, dude. Right. I just think that's awesome, you know? And obviously people out there, like, there's people that have probably, that I know that there's people out there that have seen, like, way more than that, 100 or 200 plus, you know? So, like, I certainly never put myself on the pedestal to say, oh, I've seen more shows than anyone else. But I feel like I'm proud of that number. Um, you know, it makes me think back through all the years of going to see Ween. And, you know, certainly there's some shows that I wish I had gone to, but you can't go back and do it again. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and knowing what I know now, that there was going to be a, um, that they were going to break up, you know, and have such an extended period. You know, like before that happened, in my head, I was thinking like, oh man, where's the, the sky's the limit? Let's just keep going to see Ween shows. You know what I mean? And, like, maybe we'll get uh, 50, 60, 100, right? Just, like, keep going, going, going. And then suddenly they break up and it's like, dude, no, you know? And so and so I just feel like what a treasure to have gotten to 40 when before the breakup I didn't even, like, have 35. You know, like, I, I never – I had given up on 40 when they broke up, right? It's <laughs> like, well, well, they're not playing anymore. They're broken up, right? And it's like – so I'm just glad that we've gotten there, man. And I think it's – like a milestone that's that's worthwhile to kind of take a moment and and uh check in about it yeah man well well put i mean i feel like you know we've done a good job of of just being like regular people who have gone as many times as we could 
And, and you know, yeah, I, I feel the same way. I look back on, especially looking at s- stuff on Brown Base and, and just like, oh, man, like, why was I not at that mm-hmm. one or, or whatever? But as time goes on, you know, the technology just gets better and better and better and you find out about things so much easier than you used to. Yeah. And a, a lot of those shows from back in the day, it's just like, how did I not know about this? And it's like, because it wasn't on a computer or on a phone right in front of my face. That's why. Totally. And stuff like, you know, just things like that that you kind of forget about when you're talking about the past. Yeah. I feel like we've done a good job of being at enough shows over the years to sort of have something to say about each one of the specific eras that happened since we got into the band. You know what I mean? Now, we're obviously not as hardcore, old, old school heads as like, you know, the fucking pod and, you know, Godween Satan and that shit when they were just like a local band, you know, but, mm-hmm. you know, the the most recent album uh, that had come out when we saw, well, the country record had just been released. So you're talking about, you know, like it was still sort of like the chocolate and cheese era. So it's like at least we've seen one or two shows for every one of those sort of eras to follow up until now. You know what I mean? Totally. So it's really, it's really fun. It's like, oh, and going back through the set list, like, just like this one we're talking about from tonight. Oh yeah, I remember when that song was new. I remember that time period. You know, so like, that's really fun. Yeah, dude. No, and the podcast has been a great opportunity to share with people, but it's been cathartic just for my own personal yeah, it's fun. gratification to go back through and, and re-listen to shows and go down memory lane. Yeah, man. You know, and we love to hear other people's stories, and that's why we have the contest. So don't forget about the summer contest, people. Yeah, man. You know, because the podcast, we tell our stories, and we talk about ween shows we've been to, among other things. But this is a chance for you to tell your story about your favorite ween album. So yeah, I thought I'd bring that back around. You see how I did that? (laughs) Very clever. But yeah, dude, no, 40 40 shows. Uh, I'm going to keep on rocking. Come to Virginia, man. Play in Richmond or Charlottesville. Or even like DC would be closer to me. Oh, well, it's all good. So yeah, dude, um, I guess that's all I got for the evening. If you were at these Borgata shows, we want to hear your thoughts, man. You know what I mean? Was this your first show? Was Friday night your first show? We want to hear your your thoughts and your ideas. Hit us up on Facebook, on Twitter. Drop us an email. You know what I mean? Send us an email. Leave us a, me- a message on Anchor. You know, we're talking about the contest, but you can leave a message on Anchor and talk about whatever you want. You can just say hello. Just say hello. And we just might use it on the show. You know, and we could try to catch up with you the next show. Yeah, that'd be great. But yeah, dude, no. So everyone, thank you for tuning in. And Atlantic City was a blast. Can't wait for the next. And I know that they're playing ween shows. There's ween shows going on like as we speak, basically. So all over the place. They've definitely been like getting back into tour. So that's awesome. And uh, I'm excited to see when I can figure out the next show. Yeah, man. I go to if that's maybe the Philly Met next December. I try to, I've been trying to go to that every time it happens. Um, so that would probably, I would probably try to go again. Same here. Unless there's something else. Yeah, man. Well, thank you everybody that's listening to this. We love you. Hope to see you next time. Cool. Later. Out. Peace. Rory out.